welcome to the Advance Your Art podcast, where we talk about the journey from artist to entrepreneur and everything in between. You've worked hard to hone your craft. Now take it to the next level with tips, techniques, strategies, and routines used by successful artists to grow their businesses and careers. Now, let's get started and have some fun with your host, Yuri Cataldo. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. It's wonderful to be here. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, for the listeners who are not as familiar with your work, how do you describe yourself and what you do? I describe myself as a coach for health and wellness for actors. I'm a coach, public speaker, actor, uh, Try to be decent all around human being. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. I like that overall. Okay, that's great. <laughs> you know, gotta have goals. Yeah, of course. So, okay, so I, I want to start tapping into that, but let's let's back up a little bit. So you initially went to school for sociology. Um, I'm so I'm in Boston. I noticed that you went to school at Tufts, so it's right. I around, did go jumbos. Yeah, right, right around my. I'm actually going to be there. Uh, and it's a separate thing. I'm going to be there um, in a few days um, speaking to a, a class about something a little bit different. But um, h- how was that journey like? So you went to school for sociology. What was it then that made you decide, I want to get into acting and become an actor? Well, I'm actually going to back you up because I originally sure. went to school for acting. Ah, okay. So there was even I did. before then. Ah, so LinkedIn yeah, so I, I'm going to I'm gonna flip you around a little bit. Okay. So um, I did, I was one of those kids starting from age nine, knew I wanted to be an actor and okay. it wasn't a question. I just, you know, that was all I did. I was in classes and every community theater show and mm-hmm. sang in the choir and, you know, everything my mother would let me do, I was, do, I was doing, I was acting Yeah. in Chicago. Okay. And then I actually, I went to Cincinnati Conservatory uh, and I was doing the BFA program and full speed ahead. And then I dropped out and I actually just went and I did professional theater for several years in South Florida. Okay. And I crashed and burned. I did everything wrong. I was very unhappy. I was lonely. I was fat. I was broken out. I was, uh, I was a hot mess. My career was going pretty well. I was working, but I was not happy. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, what is going wrong? I'm doing everything I always thought I wanted as my dream to be a working actor in the musical theater. Mm-hmm. And I'm miserable. So that's actually when I took a time out and decided to go back to school and get a degree in sociology. Ah, and, okay. And um, that's when I did go to Boston. I went to Tufts. Okay. And I did everything but acting at that point because gotcha. I was, I was like, I, I got to reboot here. Yeah. Something's okay. not working. Um, and that was my journey to getting my act together again, personally, mm-hmm. because I had just worked on my myself as an actor. I hadn't worked on the rest of me as a person. Mm-hmm. So uh, going back to school, getting a degree, I worked in radio, and then I worked in Hollywood for a while uh, in the business side of things, trying to have a more normal life. Ha ha, ha ha, that Hollywood's anything but, anything but normal. Yeah. And that... Um, so that when I did end up coming back to acting after about 10 years, I had a totally different perspective and I had learned so much. Um, I also got a, uh, a coaching certification. I mentored with Dave Asprey 
um, who's now become the, you know, the bulletproof guy. The, mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I'm learning about health and my own journey and by doing everything wrong, when I came back to acting, um, which I am, I do work professionally as an actor now, mm -hmm. uh, primarily in theater, I was saying, wait a second, I didn't know any of this stuff. Um, so I, I wish I had a book when I was coming up to figure out how to do it right and not be such a hot mess. And there, there, nobody has written this book. Mm -hmm. So my Angelou says, if there's a book you want to read and no one wrote it, you got to be the one to write it. So I took everything that I learned going back to school, you know, going back to quote, regular school, not acting school. Um, and all the mistakes I had made as an actor, the, all the health information I had gathered through my health journey and from being certified as a coach, working with clients, put it all together and wrote the book that I wish that I had had when I started out as an actor. Mm -hmm. And that's what became The Resilient Actor. Mm. And um, now it's, it's a book and it's yeah. an audio book and the workbook's coming out in February. So I'm really excited about that. It's a workbook and planner specifically for actors, health and wellness. And I'm working with clients and teaching people what I wish I had known all along. Excellent. Okay, so so resilient actor. So let's talk about that. What specifically do you wish you had known? And I, I have a pretty strong indication of this because I I also went to the theater, like went up through the theater school ranking. And um, other than like how to do, other than your craft, they don't teach you anything else. But I'm curious, especially on your side as an, an actor who then went back to school. What is it that you wish you had known and are doing better now than what you didn't do years ago coming out of conservatory? Yeah, I, absolutely. The, the conservatory is great with training and how to build a resume and how to sing a song and how to act a song and, and yeah. all those things. And only now is there starting to be an awareness, you know, having spoken with, with a lot, I'm working with a lot of universities and students and, and professors who are all coming to this awareness that, that um, it's much, it needs to be much more holistic. Mm -hmm. And to, in order to have longevity in this career, when you are, you have to treat yourself like an athlete. You have to mm -hmm. treat yourself like you are the product. You are the, the instrument. And um, you have, there, there needs to be a lot more balance, a lot more... Um, you know, you have to be, you have to be healthy spiritually, emotionally, uh, physically, um, you know, take care of your voice, take care of your instrument. But there's a lot, it, it's, there's a balance that's required that no one ever talked about. It was just about going to the audition and nailing the audition and, and, uh, you know, building your resume and going to Broadway. Um, <laughs> and one of the right. biggest things that I think I learned is that in order to be successful, you have to be more than an actor mm -hmm. and it's not you know, being a, a more balanced human being, having a foundation, having a, a grounding, not having all your eggs in the, ask, the acting basket. Mm -hmm. Because that way, when your career isn't going as well as you'd like, and you're not booking the gigs, or that job comes to an end, or it's not a great job, or God forbid you get fired, or whatever, that you're not like, now, now what? Right. You know, so um, the more that you can have relationships outside of the theater, the screen, or uh, you know, have relationships with people who aren't in the, in the business, um, have activities that aren't in the business. Um, that helps a lot, which is with being a, a, a well-rounded human. Mm -hmm. It also allows you to bring more to your acting. 
when you, when you are working, there's, you're a lot more rich and interesting uh, as a performer, but also just as a successful human being, mm-hmm. not putting all your eggs in that one basket. Yeah. So, so on, on that part of it, I know that coming out of, let's say, a conservatory, especially if somebody who's a, who is a little bit on the younger side, and, and let's say they're listen, listening to this and they're thinking, yeah, that's a great idea, but, you know, I... I need to throw more of myself into my acting career so that I can at least get established enough and then have the luxury of, of, you know, not putting all my eggs in one basket. How would you, uh, like, how would you cater your advice to somebody who is, who is fresh coming out and like has that hunger and the energy and, and maybe doesn't think that they can sacrifice their acting time for diversification. Right. Well, I'm not asking them to spend five minutes a day on their craft and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does mean have some healthy habits in place that are, you know, just a few, an hour a day that are, that involves something that besides acting. So mm-hmm. you're going to yoga, you're taking walks, you're um, socializing with healthy people who are not in the industry. Uh, <laughs> you know, whatever your whatever your day job is, that that can yeah. be something that 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 is healthy and and uh, you know b- builds you up as a human being. I, it doesn't it does it doesn't have to be all black and white. Sure. That you either are acting all the time and nothing else, and you know just theater oozing out of your pores. And and I do remember those days. Nor do you <laughs> have to be, um, you know, in denial that you're an actor and that it's important and that it's it's a, a lifestyle, mm-hmm. but, but taking a little bit of time each day to, uh, to, to try to stay rounded and, and um, have other interests and, and, and skills and, um, and uh, grounding activities. Mm-hmm. Sure. So in your, in your, your journey, um, so you, you mentioned that you, you've studied with, with Dave Asprey. What, how did you hear about what Dave Astry was doing with Bulletproof and, and decide that that was what you wanted to focus on? <laughs> well, I'm what you call an early adopter. Yeah. Um, I found his stuff online when I was going through the internet rabbit holes before he had written any books. He was mm-hmm. still blogging. He had a little podcast with this dude that sounded kind of like a Wayne and Garth podcast in somebody's basement. So this was, I don't know, like six years ago. So I was secretly putting butter in my coffee and mm-hmm. not telling anybody because everyone thought it was so weird. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing this a long time. And um, yeah, I just happened to to come across his, his blogs. And this is before keto was in and before low carb was was in. And, and um, it just seemed, it was so backwards, but what I had been doing wasn't working. Mm-hmm. So why not try what shouldn't work? Maybe that'll work. And then I ended up uh, losing a bunch of weight and getting my my mental clarity back and it worked. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess, you know, it's working. And I, yeah. and so I started um, coaching, coaching friends. I had one, I had one friend who um, had been struggling with his weight for years and nothing was working. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, I'll, I'll try anything. And, and I, I tried doing a, a bulletproof plan with him and he lost 80 pounds. Wow. And he said, you know what, if you, 
if they ever have a coaching program, you, you should be a coach. You're really good at this. And I said, you know what? If Dave Asprey ever starts a coaching program, I'll, the first, I'll be the first one in line. And yeah. I actually, and he did, and I did. <laughs> so I was actually in the first class ever. I was in the first, I think, 50 people who were ever certified mm-hmm. um, as a Bulletproof coach. And it was a deep dive into nutrition, exercise, supplementation, stress management, um, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it was kind of out there, some of it very practical, um, regular stuff, um, and you know, biohacking, and and uh, it was, you know, that's that's my geek zone. That's why I really enjoy geeking out on all that stuff. Yeah, and. Um, it's allowed me to come to help, to help actors and my clients on, on a deeper level. So I can help them with the, the things that actors deal with, the rejection, the mindset, the keeping your confidence up uh, during auditions and all that kind of stuff. But we can also uh, really work on um, the life coaching stuff and the health stuff and just dealing with sugar and, mm-hmm. and, uh, health and energy and mental clarity and, and, uh, you know, go to another, another level with that stuff. Yeah. So on the, so I guess, so let's talk about on the health side of it, what are, and I've, um, I've, I'm familiar with, with Dave's, uh, with Dave and, and Bulletproof, um, and have been kind of similar to you kind of just stumbled into his work and then tried a lot of different things, um, to improve my mental health and all that and, and clarity. What are, in your own experience, what were some of the, the far out things that you read? You're like, this is so bizarre. It's never going to work, but ultimately worked really well. I think the biggest thing that seems totally counterintuitive of everything we ever learned was eating more fat. Hmm. You know, fat was the enemy. We were told sugar was not that bad. You know, mm-hmm. Carbs were not that bad. Fat was the enemy. Fat makes you fat. Right. And fat clogs your arteries and all that. So accepting that premise was a tough one, you know, um, that fat, fat is actually good for you. You know, of course, there's different kinds of fat. <clears throat> I'm not talking about, um, if we're not talking about eating, eating French fries and oxidized oils and things like that, but healthy, healthy fat and including some saturated fat, that that actually controls cravings, um, leads to satiety and that was the biggest thing for helping me avoid the sugar mm-hmm. and sugar is is one of the things that really kicks my butt mm-hmm. and uh, makes me depressed and crazy and makes me want to eat all the sugar in the whole world <laughs> and i know a lot of people are like that yeah um so by eating enough fat uh you know your brain is made primarily of fat mm-hmm. uh and also then you, you you get the energy but it also keeps you uh satisfied so you're, you're staying away from a lot of the crappy food Mm-hmm. So that, that was probably one of the biggest things that seemed like, wait, what? So like putting butter in your coffee or adding more butter to your vegetables, um, putting MCT oil or olive oil, avocado oil on things, um, and not being afraid of that. Um, that was a, that was a big step. I also was a vegetarian for a long time. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was, you know, I tried pretty much everything, but I thought being a vegetarian was the healthiest way to go. And for me, it was not, I never felt great. So by adding healthy amounts of meat, um, you know, small amounts of healthy, you know, grass-fed meat, wild salmon, things like that, um, I felt a lot better. So it, it, I had to, it, I had to really have an open mind as far as um, the conventional wisdom and what the doctors and all the diet books had been saying. Mm -hmm. 
And, uh, but I was, I was sick and unhappy and I thought, you know what, what have I got to lose? Right. Yeah, and exactly. I actually um, am the healthiest I've been in, in years and my weight's the best place. Um, and for the most part, my brain works. So, um, <laughs> but that, that was probably the biggest thing was like eating fat. Yeah. Eating fat. Oh, good. So just in your, because you talked about kind of how you've changed your, your habits, what does your typical, let's say eating look like uh, on a day to day? Um, I do indulge. And again, I'm not a doctor. I'm a coach and I have experience. Um, but you got to do what was right for you. Right. But I do, um, I do some intermittent fasting. I, as a woman, don't feel like I can fast every single day because I can jack with your hormones and your adrenals mm-hmm. and things like that. I do frequently have bulletproof coffee. Not always. So sometimes I don't have eat anything till mid morning. And then my meals tend to be a serving of, of healthy protein, like some grass-fed beef, wild salmon, you know, a little bit of chicken, things like um, some, some, some good pastured eggs, maybe mm-hmm. a little bacon. Oh, love my bacon. got my bacon back. <laughs> um, so I'm a healthy serving of, of protein and uh, a nice big pile of veggies with some good grass-fed butter on it or some, I usually prepare them in avocado oil. Mm-hmm. And have a, a little bit of carbs at night. So I'll have, you know, some sweet potatoes, some, some rice, things like that. I will have sushi once in a while. Um, and I occasionally will make some, some fat bombs or some paleo treats just to keep my sweet tooth occupied. But I, I work to stay away from the sugar. Okay. Drink a lot of water. Um, I do take some supplements, but I try to keep it pretty simple. But protein... Veggies and uh, some good fat on the veggies. That's my primary. That's my primary diet. Nice. <laughs> and I, I feel better and look better than I have in a long time. Yeah, that's great. What's a fat bomb? <laughs> yeah, if you go on the Google trail, um, basically take there's lots of different recipes floating around, but yeah, coconut oil, maybe some stevia, some some cacao, some you know cocoa butter. But basically, it's a little a treat that's primarily fat. Mm-hmm. So it's low carb, but it's, it's a little, um, a little bonbon, a little something that, that I make, but it's like usually like coconut oil and, and cacao powder and just a little bit of, so, but there's recipe. If you, if you Google fat bombs, B O M B, it sounds horrible, but it, but they're just a, something to kind of stay away from the, the less healthy choices. Ah, okay. Well, that's, that's, that's good to know. So let's, um, so let's, also track into because you mentioned this briefly I know um, for a lot of people the idea of, of overcoming fear and anxiety and judgment um, in any field but particularly for actors because their you know their job is to put themselves out there um, it's got to be taxing and difficult how do you work with actors to I guess and not to get over like I guess get over fear not necessarily like have it not affect them because it probably does but have it affect them less and get over it and be able to move past it when, when negative things come at them. Right. It's really um, challenging with, in this profession. Um, I think the biggest thing is to try to teach yourself not to take it personally. And um, you know, the, the four agreements, one of them is don't take it personally. It's not, (laughs) even though it's about you, it's also not about you. Right. And um 
you know, they're the casting director, the director, they have a specific vision of what they want. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people up for that part and that you just have to, when, when it's your time, when it's your role, you, there's nothing you can do to, you know, um, to just, you know, when it's your time, it's your time. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> to, if, that if you're prepared and it's right for you, that you will get it. Mm-hmm. And um, to not take it personally if you don't, and also to remember that um, how no one wants to be the first one to hire you. You know, it's there's such so much money and so much uh, invested in this that they, they, you know, it's to take the leap. You really have to to put in your time and prove yourself. It takes a long time to to um, to convince them that that you're worth taking the risk on and, and investing everything in you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I guess, so with that, that's you brought up a very interesting point because I, I, it's, that's in a lot of industries where, you know, a lot of young professionals coming out are like, you know, I have just as much talent, but I'm not getting hired. And oftentimes that is correct. Like it's people are investing millions and millions of dollars in these productions and, there's very few of them who want to take a risk on somebody new. So yeah. how do you, so I guess how do you then advise people to kind of approach their career so they're not, so they're, you know, increasing their chances of, of getting some of these bigger opportunities? Right. That you need to know yourself and really be the best you that there is. Um, I write about the metaphor of uh, being a can of chili and mm-hmm. then if you are chili and you are chili with beans that you should represent yourself as the best chili with beans that you could possibly be. You're not filet mignon, but you're also not dog food. Um, and really embrace your chili with beans-ness. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure that your headshot and your resume really represent that person that, you know, the, the chili with beans and that the material that you're presenting is that and that you really embrace who you are. So the bit more that you can know yourself and really put that forward so there's a real consistency with that. That will help a lot. Mm-hmm. Really be prepared. Um, really be easy to work with. Be kind to every single person you encounter because you never know. <laughs> um, but every single person from the person getting coffee, the person checking you in. Um, and... Um, and just be the absolute best you that you could possibly be. You will, um, you will make it through. But you, and you also just have to keep plugging away because sometimes mm-hmm. it just takes. I I have friends who took years and years and years, and they finally it. They they finally did it. But it's gonna keep knocking on the doors, and um, really the more, the better you know yourself and can present yourself. And if you can't figure out who that is, ask people. You know, go to go to your professors, go to your acting teachers, go to your friends, go to um, the people who love you and, and figure out, you know, where would you cast me? Where was I, where was I most successful? Um, what roles do you think I really nailed? Mm-hmm. Um, and if, if that's, you can also go and, and look at movie stars, look at people who are working and say, what roles, you know, what, where do I fit? Mm-hmm. You know, who are you a Christine Bransky? Are you a Tom Hanks? Are you a, you know, um, Joe Pesci, you know, and uh, look at their resume, look at their filmography, look at their, you know, the roles that they've worked on and see where you fit in. 
and uh, really be true to yourself. Mm -hmm. So in, I guess in, in your philosophy with this, it's people shouldn't be afraid of, I guess, being typecast for better, for lack of a better word. So they should, you know, like, as you mentioned, if they're a, a chili with beans to really <laughs> lean into the chili with beans. Um, gosh, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can fight it if you want to. And of course everybody has range and everybody can, um, can do more, but the reality is they, casting directors are looking to try to figure out where to fit you. Mm -hmm. And the more that you can realistically embrace where you fit in the, in type and food chain, the more successful, it, the easier it is to cast you. Mm -hmm. um, gosh, it sounds horrible saying a typecast, but, um, <laughs> but if you do know your type, yeah. you do know where you fit into all that it is definitely, it is definitely helpful. Um, because sometimes if you have, if you can do everything, they want to, they have more trouble figuring out where to put you. Mm -hmm. So um, I do think the more that you can know your type, and yes, of course, you can do things beyond that. But the more that you can know where you fit in and, and, and if, they, if you do fit into a type, the, the easier it is to cast you. Yeah. I do think so. Okay. So in, what I find interesting, particularly about your journey is, so you, were, you started off as an actress and you were a working actress. And at some point you decided, this is not it. This is not what I want to do. I need to go do something else. And then you then switched careers and then came back to it. But I want to talk about that, that time when you decided that you had had enough and that this was no longer what you wanted to do. So what was that like and that experience like? And what made you ultimately decide that you no longer wanted to be an actor? I stopped acting because it was hard. Um, and uh, I wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that I learned when I went back to it after doing a bunch of other things is a lot of things are hard. Work is hard. Jobs are hard. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, everyone's like, oh, acting is such a hard life. And yes, it is because you're always looking for work. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, it's not like you get a nine to five job and you just stick with it and you just show up every, every day. You, you're, you know, our job is looking for work. That's, mm -hmm. that's the job part. Um, but I had the realization that a lot of stuff is hard. Working in the Hollywood business side of things is hard. Um, serving French fries at McDonald's can be hard. You know, waiting tables is hard. Being an accountant is hard. Work is hard. And that's why they pay you money. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, um, I went back to it knowing, yes, it's hard, but a lot of things are hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, you know, having tried a bunch of other stuff. And I also um, came back to it because I missed it and I, I, I do enjoy it and I do think it is part of my DNA. Mm -hmm. I just came back to it uh, as a much healthier, more mature, more balanced person. And then I was there by, when I came back to it, I was there by choice and not by, this is what I always said I would do. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I don't know, I felt like I didn't, I didn't pick it the first time around. And um, so co coming back to it by choice was, was just different. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's hard. And, um, you know, there's a lot of advice that if there's anything else you can do, you should. You know, Michael Shirtlip, <laughs> I think, is like, if yeah. there's anything else you could possibly do in the world, do that. <laughs> and I, I think that's a little extreme. 
Um, and there are, um, but I also, when I went back to acting, I didn't just go back to acting. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm coaching. I've got a, I'm a mom. I've got a family. I'm writing. I'm teaching a lot. I'm speaking at universities. I'm working with a lot of students. And um, so again, like I said, I'm not putting all my eggs in the acting basket, mm-hmm. but um, I needed a break. It, it's, it's, um, it is challenging and it can wear you down. And uh, <laughs> I hadn't read my own book yet. I hadn't read the resilient, <laughs> I hadn't read the resilient actor yet. I wish I had had it. <laughs> Excellent. So, you, so you're doing a, a lot of amazing things um, that in individually can seem like a full-time job, like the, what you just described that you're doing, you know, raising three, three children and, and being actor and writing and having speaking gigs. How do you manage your time to be able to devote what you need for each of these endeavors? Yeah, it's a trick. Well, that's why I wrote, uh, that's why my next book coming out this winter is a workbook planner. Ah. Because uh, time management is so important. I actually have been working on this for years, customizing my own calendar, my own planner, and figuring out where did my habits and practices come in? Where do my time commitments come in? Where are my deadlines? Where are you know all the errands and tasks? And how do I prioritize? So it's all in that. I um, I went you know I go, I do exercises with goals and values and figure out where the priorities are. Mm-hmm. And um, then I actually will take you through how I plan my time. So um, it's a it's all kind of my own. I've taken I've you know I've tried a lot of planners throughout the years. Yeah. And, you know, I like this about that one and this about that one. And this one's good with this. But um, so I took my, my own recipe and I lead I lead my readers through that whole process of all the exercises that are in the, the resilient actor, uh, as well as uh, all the exercises that I work on with time management and values and goals and practices and habits through, with my clients. And it's actually in there. So it's actually a an undated planner. So you can. Uh, put your own dates in there and to figure out exactly the the method to my madness of <laughs> of planning my time. Yeah. So on, on top of all this, and so first off, when does your planner come out? February. February, okay. Yeah. So around the same time that this podcast comes out, yes. listeners will be able to click into Amazon and, and purchase it. Um, but on top of all this, you also have an album out. So Driving My Own Heart. What? Tell me about that. Well, that was a labor of love. It is a lot of Broadway uh, and pop songs, you know, basically obscure Broadway songs that I've picked up through the years, and I finally found a forum to record that. There's also mm-hmm. a couple original songs that some friends of mine wrote, uh, including the, the title track, Rami Shironi. Hi, Rami. Uh, wrote that for- and let me use that for the album. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually recorded it uh, when I was pregnant with my twins. Mm. Um, so it's a very, very personal recording. Um, I recorded it until I was too pregnant to make it up the stairs to the studio. (laughs) And, um, and it's, it's Broadway and pop and just a very personal album of, of some of the music that I really love. Oh, wonderful. And it's, it's also available Amazon and iTunes. Is that correct? Amazon, iTunes, and everything that we're talking about, you can go to DebraWanger.com, yeah. and it's all there. 
www if you want to know about uh, my coaching my books my album all the things i'm up to see pictures and whatever the latest show i'm working on it's all right there at deborahwanger.com excellent well you're again fantastic and, and prolific the last thing i'd like to ask you is with everything that you've done and experienced what would you say has been the best advice that you've ever received the best advice i'd ever received well, I mean, it, it wasn't given to me directly, but uh, I'd say the, the Oscar Wilde quote, be your, which is be yourself, everyone else is taken. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems to resonate as a person, but also as an actor. Um, you know, really, you know, embrace your chili with beans, really know who you are. <laughs> and, um, and to be authentic and true because if if you're not people can smell it people know and it, it um they can see right through it mm-hmm. so to be authentic to yourself i think that is uh, that's number one that's one of my highest values is being authentic so mm-hmm. um be yourself because everybody else is taken yeah that's that's great and <laughs> I, I love that we keep bringing back the chili with beans analogy. That's, that's <laughs> absolutely the, the highlight. If you could write a book about that, that would be. Fun. Yes. Maybe that'll be my next book. Embrace your chili with beans. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, De- Deborah, thank you so much uh, for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Um, and again, I know you've mentioned it before, but if listeners want to hear your music, buy your books, uh, see what you're working on, what's the best place they can go to do that? DebraWanger.com. And uh, I just put up a new quiz called, there, if you want to find out how, if you're a resilient actor, how much of a resilient actor you are, you can go to deborahwanger.com slash quiz. Uh-huh. Um, take a fun little quiz and find out just how resilient you are. Perfect. And I will put all of those links in the show notes. Awesome. So you look the right through. Awesome. But again, thank you so much, Deborah. This has been an absolute pleasure. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Advance Your Art Podcast. If you like this episode, please go into iTunes and give us a five-star rating. And while you're there, hit the subscribe button so that every single time I release a new episode, it will go directly to you without even thinking about it. If you're interested in hearing older episodes, please go to AdvanceYourArt.com where you can find the catalog of everything I've done so far, as well as contact information and projects I'm working on. Thank you again, and have a great day.